You're listening to the Tapis Paranormal Talking Point Podcast, a show that discusses various aspects of the paranormal world, with paranormal news, ghost stories, interviews, and much more. And without further ado, let's get into some talking points. Hi guys, Scott here from Tepes Paranormal and welcome to the Tepes Paranormal Talking Point Podcast. So today I want to talk about a number of different haunted museums. I've got three specifically that I want to talk about the various items within. I want to go over a few different uh, cases associated with them and generally just discuss them. So all three of these haunted museums seem to have some sort of connection to Ed and Lorraine Warren, who I've spoken about in a previous episode when talking about the Annabelle doll. But without further ado, I'm going to jump straight into the first one, which is the Warren's Occult Museum. So the Warren's Occult Museum is a museum that features objects from the case history of Ed and Lorraine Warren. Now, it's become more popular in recent years due to the Conjuring series, as previously discussed, and specifically due to Annabelle the Doll, who is housed within, who I've spoken about previously in the Haunted Doll episode. In 1952, the Warrens founded the New England Society for Psychic Research, a society that they seem to investigate haunted items, and a lot of these items seem to end up in the museum's collection. Now, the museum doesn't currently have a set building due to a lot of uh, negotiations on the buildings themselves, and since the passing of Lorraine Warren, the museum has been in the hands of their son-in-law, Tony Spearer, who is the current owner of all the items, and manager of the museum. So the museum contains the Annabelle doll, which I'm not going to go into here as I've spoken about her previously on the Haunted Doll episode. But some of the other items the museum contains are interesting. The first of these items I'm going to talk about is the Conjuring Mirror. Now this mirror is said to have been used in a number of different rituals to summon a variety of spirits, and it's considered to be dangerous by the Warrens due to the lack of ability to control the spirits that you summon, and due to not being able to dictate whether they're good or evil spirits. I don't know how accurate this is, but this is something that Lorraine Warren apparently was adamant on, that this mirror was evil and from my research i can't see any sort of evidence of things happening with this mirror but as a concept it does sound quite interesting next up we're going to move on to the shadow doll so i've previously done a haunted doll episode but in this episode among the three museums i'm talking about there are a number of other haunted dolls the first of these i'm going to talk about is the shadow doll from ed and lorraine warren's museum now this doll has a gloomy and unpleasant look being mostly made up of human bones, animal teeth and nails. This doll is said to be cursed and was created for use in several different rituals. The doll is said to appear to people that have seen it in their dreams and in some cases people have been so scared that their hearts have stopped for good during these dreams. How they've decided that the people whose hearts have stopped were dreaming about the doll I don't know. Um, But the Warrens acquired the doll after a couple who bought the doll had terrible nightmares the same day that they acquired it and they awoke with scratches all over their bodies. The second night, these events escalated, and the couple were scratched by claw marks when they awoke, at which point they called the Warrens to come and take the doll away from them. So it's an interesting idea to this doll. Again, I don't know how they know that the people whose hearts have stopped were dreaming about the doll, but it does look very creepy from the pictures I've seen. And the next item in the Warrens collection I want to talk about is the Satanic Idol. This is another sort of doll in the Warrens collection. The satanic idol was found in a forest. The man that originally found it said that the doll was sucking his strength and energy from his body in an attempt to weaken him. Lorraine Warren said that it was one of the most terrible paranormal artefacts she'd ever encountered, and the Warrens put this doll in their basement, after which 
Lorraine began to experience several horrible activities, such as levitating and floating across the room, as well as being catatonic for several days due to the satanic idol. Again, I don't know how legitimate these claims are. Levitation, I feel like this is something that could have been captured on camera, and being in a catatonic state due to the satanic idol, I would suggest maybe calling an ambulance or some sort of medical professional for that, because that doesn't sound like something that should be happening and definitely should be checked out. There are a number of other items in the Warrens collection, but I'm only going to go over a few more of them here. We have a vampire coffin that the Warrens are said to have found being used by a modern-day vampire. What a modern-day vampire is, I don't know. The websites I've looked at didn't give any real clarification. There are also a number of masks in the collection, used as topa for diabolical projection. Again, I'm not quite sure what that means. I've tried to look it up and nothing seems to really understand what it's talking about. Um, there are no real definitions for topa or for diabolical projection. And the final item is an organ that is said to play itself when nobody's around. Again, this organ is interesting. It's said that at 9pm on certain days that this organ plays by itself almost consistently. It's interesting, but again, I've not seen any sort of evidence of any of these items. So the Warrens collection contains a few interesting items, but nothing that's particularly compelling. The most interesting object obviously being Annabelle. I do think a lot of these objects have become more popular due to the Conjuring franchise and universe, but I don't really know what think of them. Tony Spearer is a big believer in the items. As the current owner of them, he thinks that they're all fairly accurate. As they're represented in the Conjuring universe, um, these items are in some cases not correct. There are a few more items that I could discuss in future episodes, but I picked a few here just to talk about for now. And with that, I'm going to move on to the next uh, haunted museum that I'm going to talk about today, and that is John Zaffis's Museum of the Paranormal. Now, John Zaffis is the nephew of Ed and Lorraine Warren, who trained under the Warrens for several years when he was younger. Following in their footsteps, Zaffis opened his own paranormal museum, where he collects a number of items that he's acquired from cases that he's worked in the past three decades, as well as items that others have given to him over this time. From 2011 to 2013, Zaffis had a paranormal show which aired on sci-fi, named The Haunted Collector. In this show, Zaffis and his team, which consists largely of his family as well as a few other close friends, investigate several haunted locations in the hopes of finding the items responsible for the hauntings, removing them and in many cases storing them in his museum. I've watched several episodes of The Haunted Collector on my Twitch channel and I find the show to be quite interesting. They take a very scientific approach to a lot of what they do with a lot of debunking of things going on, but they do seem to find items that Zaffis himself takes away and stores in an attempt to stop the paranormal activity. Some of the items that Zaffis features in his museum include the following. In his collection, there's an antique clown that is said to have been bought from an antique store. This clown doll is said to have caused the owner to have intense and scary dreams about the clown. A member of Zaffis's paranormal group, Joanne, who is said to have psychometric abilities, meaning she can feel the energy of objects by holding them, found the energy attached to be so unsettling that she couldn't read it for more than a few seconds. In Zaffis's collection is another doll known as Simon. Simon's a ventriloquist dummy, and Simon was owned by a child who claimed that Simon kept speaking to him. On one particular occasion, the child's mother walked into the room and saw the doll's mouth moving on its own. At this point, 
she called to the clergy, with whom John Zaffis is friends, who arranged for Zaffis to remove the doll, at which point all the paranormal activity happening in the house stopped. Also in Zaffis's collection is Mr. Sinister. Mr. Sinister is a statue that came to John from a man who contacted him after picking up the item in a flea market. The man bought it home and started having a very bad feeling from it. He only kept the statue in his house for one day, after which he started having very bizarre odours around his home. Every time he would go near the statue, he would get a very bad tingling feeling and believe that there was a spirit attached to the item. He called John and had it removed, at which point Zaffis put it in the museum. Also in the collection is a school desk. This old wooden school desk can be found in the museum, and it's said that at one point while John was investigating a location, this desk moved across the room on its own with someone sat in it. The person in the desk wasn't moving it, and the desk just dragged across the floor with the person unsure what was happening. Also in Zaffis's collection is a sword. Now, this item belonged to a little boy who was gifted it by his father during a divorce. The boy's mother described seeing black hooded figures in the house, and other unexplainable events, such as the lights turning on and off were said to have occurred. The boy's mother said that her ex-husband was involved in a lot of questionable rituals. Text of a satanic nature can be found inscribed on the sword itself, and there can be heard items rattling around inside the handle when it's shaken. It's most likely, according to Zaphis, that energy was attached to this sword after the father performed rituals over it before he gave it to his son as a gift. So, much like the Warrens Museum, Zaffis's museum seems to be full of a lot of interesting items, most of which don't seem to be heavily documented. There are small stories about things happening here, and some of them are quite interesting, such as the sword and Mr. Sinister. But I don't necessarily know how I feel about them because of the lack of documentation, the lack of evidence associated, and generally just the lack of sort of factual information to back this up. This leads us on to the third haunted museum, which is my favourite of the three. This is the haunted museum of Zach Bagans. Now, Bagans, who a lot of people will know for being the main host of Ghost Adventures, began collecting haunted items in 2016 for a prospective haunted museum in Vegas. In 2017, this museum opened to the public consisting of more than 33 rooms with a variety of artefacts within. Bagans also had a show where he travelled around the world finding items for this museum. Some of the items within the museum include the Dibbuk box. So one of the more standout items of the museum, the Dibbuk is said to be a malicious spirit able to possess the living in Jewish mythology. The Dibbuk box is said to house the demon within. This box in specific is a wine cabinet and was sold on eBay in 2003 with a horror story attached to the description. Many consider this box to simply be a hoax, and the story attached to have been an interesting way to sell the otherwise unwanted wine box. However, others, including the rapper Post Malone, have come into contact with the box and then experienced bad luck for weeks afterwards. In the case of Post Malone, after meeting and experiencing the Dibbuk box, he was subjected to several events that were quite unfortunate, the main one of which being the wheels on the plane he was on bursting, meaning that his plane had to make an emergency landing. Other than the Dibbuk box, Bagan's museum also has a number of other items, including Charles Manson's ashes. Now, when Charles Manson died, some of his ashes were taken by his followers. In this specific case, the ashes ended up being put into the eyes of a painting of Manson by Ryan Almighty, which was also painted with Ryan's own blood. This painting is displayed in Bagan's museum in a Charles Manson exhibit, 
along with a prison-worn outfit of Manson's, Manson's own TV, as well as even more ashes in a display case, along with Manson's dentures. Another exhibit in the museum is Dr. Jack Kavokian's death van. This van is a 1968 Volkswagen that once belonged to Dr. Jack Kavokian, also known as Dr. Death. Kavokian died in 2011, but lived in this van for a period of his life, and used the vehicle to carry out over 130 assisted suicides. This item is said to be mainly used as an educational exhibit, but also as an exhibit to honour the souls of those that died at the hands of Kavokian. The museum also houses Ted Bundy's glasses, which Bagans purchased for $50,000, as well as Ed Gein's cauldron, which the cannibal killer Ed Gein is said to have used to boil body parts in an attempt to remove the skin from them more easily. The next item I want to talk about is another link back to Ed and Lorraine Warren, because in the museum, Bagans has a rocking chair, which was said to have been used during an exorcism, and is going to be featured quite heavily in the new Conjuring movie, The Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It. This chair is supposedly where the exorcism of a child took place, and the demon then moved into someone else who was later convicted with killing his landlord. So every haunted museum seems to have at least one haunted doll, and Zach Bagan's museum is no different. In this museum lies Peggy the doll. It's said that merely seeing this doll's picture alone is enough to cause anxiety, heart attacks and headaches, which is really helpful because while researching for this podcast, I've seen a lot of pictures of the doll from a lot of different angles, and if this is accurate and this doll's picture is able to cause these things, I should have that to look forward to. There seems to be very little in the way of evidence from Peggy the doll, but Peggy is connected up to a spirit box that people can talk to um, to try and communicate with the doll. I don't know if necessarily people do get evidence from this, but it is said that they get some contact. In the museum is also the Bella Lugosi mirror. This mirror is said to have been owned by the infamous actor Bella Lugosi, and it's said that looking into this mirror will play with your mind surrounding you in a black shadow and causing some to collapse while looking into it. The mirror was also present in a mafia-style killing and is said to harness evil energy. The mirror is kept behind a curtain within the museum, but visitors that do want to look into it can have the curtain removed to do so, after signing documentation to say that the museum's not responsible for what happens next. Finally, the last item I want to talk about is the staircase of the Demon House. Now, Zach Bagans put out a standalone documentary about the Demon House, an investigation undertaken by himself and his team in Indiana, where a family claimed that numerous members of the family had been possessed by spirits, with even local police departments being cautious of this house due to its haunted nature. With reports of footsteps to full-body apparitions and full-body possessions in the house, Bagans went on to purchase this house for himself in 2014, where he used it to investigate and film the Demon House documentary before having it bulldozed in 2016. As shown at the end of the documentary, Bagans kept a lot of the items from the house, including the staircase, which is now stored as an exhibit in the museum. So, Bagans Museum I find quite interesting. Because of Bagans' sort of prominence as a TV paranormal host, he has a lot more sort of footing than the Warrens and uh, Zaffis. I think this is purely because he's, you know, more heavily documented because of his famed nature on the television. All three museums are quite interesting, with the only one actually open at the moment being Bagans. I'd love to go to all three museums and see some of the exhibits for myself, but I'm not really sure how likely that is to happen. I'd love to know your thoughts on the haunted items. 
and please let me know what you think of them down below in the comments or at Tepes Paranormal on Twitter. Let me know which of the haunted items is your favourite. As you know, I do a lot of paranormal investigation and when I do, I like to be comfortable which is why I wear clothing from allegedlypossiblymaybe.co.uk. With a wide range of high-quality clothing available for low prices, I strongly recommend checking out their website and buying some clothes. If you enjoy quality clothing, visit allegedlypossiblymaybe.co.uk and use discount code TEPIS at checkout to save 10% on your order. For the Tepis Paranormal Talking Point Podcast News Review. So it's been a fairly slow couple of weeks in the paranormal world for news. I've only really got two headlines here to discuss, and neither of them are overly exciting. The first of these is that the Guardians of the Galaxy director, James Gunn, encounters a ghost in a haunted insane asylum. So, the 54-year-old director and his friend Steve went to an abandoned building, and during their trip, Steve snapped away with the camera, using a vintage device with a roll of camera film inside it. When they got the images developed, they noticed a mysterious floating shape over one of the snaps of his Hollywood director friend, with some suggesting that it was a ghost. Sharing the snap on social media, Steve explained his adventure with James and showed off the mysterious photo. The image shows James standing beside a door in a corridor in the former asylum with a black cigar-shaped shadow which was cast over the image, seemingly flying towards his face. Confirming the story, James tweeted, This is actually true, and very weird. Some are suggesting that this could be a camera strap in the photo, and I must admit it does look that sort of shape and size. And I'm not entirely sure what to think of it, but I think that it's definitely something in front of the camera that they didn't notice. I don't know enough about either man to know if they would willingly fake this photo, but both of them seem to have denied knowing what this is or noticing anything happening at the time. Uh, But it is very possible that this is either faked or that this is just something that got in the way of the camera in this specific shot because it wasn't in the photos taken previously or after. Feel free to have a look at the photo online and let me know your thoughts. Now, the other article that I want to talk about today is from February, so it's a little bit older, but it's about a couple that feel like somebody is watching them and then CCTV footage captures a ghost bride. So this article comes from Lad Bible and talks about some people that took photographic evidence of a blonde ghost bride wandering through their dining room. It was around 3am when Darren Pallister checked the motion-activated cameras in the home he shares with his fiancée, Jessica Mason, and he says that he nearly fell out of bed when seeing the terrifying images. So, in the photo, there is a fresh-faced figure wearing a wedding dress that wanders between a dining room table and a cabinet, staring blankly towards the patio windows. The poster of these photos insists that Jessica was asleep at the time, and the image was captured at 12.34am, and it's left the paranormal sceptic convinced that it's a ghost. Darren and Jessica recently installed the cameras to monitor their Frenchy pup's movement, but now they feel they've got another resident to keep track of. So, looking at the photo, it's an interesting sort of shape that shows there. It does look like a woman, and I can see why they say a wedding dress. It looks to be wearing a sort of white flowing gown. I don't entirely know what the picture is. It's not the best quality because it's, you know, night vision uh, and motion activated, but something obviously set the camera off. Whether it's faked, I don't know, but... Yeah, it's quite an interesting image. Um, There's definitely a figure there. I don't know if it's legitimate. I don't know, you know, how accurate or realistic it is. But it's quite interesting, and I'm definitely intrigued by it. But that brings us to the end of this episode of the Tepes Paranormal Talking Point podcast. I've been your host, Scott, and thank you very much for listening. 
I'll see you in another episode. Goodbye for now.